0: Hey, Elle. Hey, Meg. You want to read a shitty book? No, you want to talk about a shitty book. Do you
1: want to read a shitty book? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, do you want to run again? (laughs) No, I think we should just leave it like that. Okay. (laughs) Alright, I'm Elle. I'm Megan.
0: This is Handbook Podcast. Cock talk.
1: Cock Talk, season two. Cock Talk, yes. And we're not talking about roosters, guys. No, we're talking about veiny monsters. Oh. Uh,
0: <laughs> we should honestly just start keeping it a running list. We've got the mushroom,
1: the veiny and light. veiny monster, yes. an absolute monster. Okay, so absolute monster. Welcome back to the Handbook Podcast. We decided to go a little <laughs> freeform with our intro, and maybe we will now. Maybe that's just that's just who we are now.
0: That sounds good. I like it. Let's loosen up, chill out, get a little cocky, talk about erotica.
1: So, this week we will actually be delving into the book we're going to cover. It is called Cocky Heart Surgeon. It is a 2018 novella? Novel? I think it's an actual novel. Now I can't find my phone to look it up. Novel by not actually the Antichrist of the publishing world, Felina Hopkins. <laughs>
0: So she definitely was a minion at some point.
1: Oh yeah, she's like a succubus, but I wouldn't say she's like Beelzebub himself, herself. No, she's definitely not.
0: Caden Cocker.
1: Oh. His name is Caden, so now we know they're like officially just super Norwegian.
0: <laughs> yes. We're not entirely sure who his parents are, so maybe it was... Who did we have first book? Jake and Drew?
1: Maybe Jake and Drew are his parents. We're not really clear on timelines.
0: I'm looking to see if there's a family tree.
1: Oh, that's something I never even thought to look up. I'm sure it is.
0: Oh, shit, there is.
1: Who does Kaden belong to? Our orphan heart surgeon.
0: Okay, let's see here. Oh, it's Jack and- Whoa, wait a second. It was definitely Jake.
1: Jake was the- right? In Yeah, book one? the first guy, Jake Cocker.
0: Uh, Drew definitely ends up with someone named Jack. So the original brothers are Jason. No, sorry. Jackson, Jet, Justin, Jason. You have a Jackson and a Jason, that poor mother, Jack and Jeremy.
1: Wait, there's a Jack and a Jackson?
0: There is a Jackson, J-A-X-S-O-N, oh. and a Jack and a Jason, Uh, the parents' names are Michael and Nancy, so it's not like they were two J-names that, like, needed this. So. This is the weirdest. There's gotta be a story somewhere there. Um. But I'm trying to find, like, the most recent family tree, and this might take me all episode to do, so... We'll figure out who he belongs to at some point. Yeah. but
1: I mean, luckily so. These are all kind of standalone. Um, I believe Caden has to, like... Maybe he's a cousin? He talks to his brother at one point. Or somebody at one point. His brother, Max. Max. Okay, so yeah. His brother is Max. So he's, he's a second generation cocker from what we know. A second cocker.
0: Oh, this is like a full on... Nope, nope. Oh, Okay, we even have birth dates here. Ready? Okay. Okay, so good lord. Okay, so Justin was born in 1975, as with Jamie. So those were
1: the twins from the last book. Okay, so Max and Caden are Jason's children. He's cocky romantic. Any idea when he was born? It doesn't say dates of birth i'm just looking at an actual Oh, Caden. so kaden was born in 2008 so kaden is currently 10 years old well in this he's already a practicing heart surgeon
0: yes so this takes place in roughly 2028 at like
1: the earliest at the earliest but it also um he specifically mentions within the text okay let's get into the text we've had enough time trying to look at this well idea.
0: Before we get into the book, we wanted to talk a little bit about what was what's going on behind the scenes that kind of led to why we're talking about her on this podcast. So I'm going to talk about Chance Carter a little bit and Book Clicker, which is kind of the force that led to her getting this trademark, um, which... I read a couple articles, I looked at a couple different forums and like really fell down a rabbit hole with Chance. But he used to write as Abby Weeks, which I think is still actually on Amazon. But Chance Carter no longer is. He was caught gaming the system. Um, And someone outed him as a male author when he started writing rape fantasies because he was presenting this as a woman writer who happened to like rape fantasies, which no kink shaming here. There's nothing wrong with that, but it is a little different when it's a dude writing about it versus a woman. Mm-hmm. Um, so he started book clicker and they opened it up. So there was like a beta test thing going on and about like, August 2017th they were looking for to like extend and, and open into more genres. So I'm not entirely sure how long like the quote unquote beta testing was going on for romance
1: authors. And and this is the this is a, a service that's essentially like Slack.
0: So what they provide according to the website on the base level is that it puts the power of launching self-published books back in the hands of the author. They provide help for SEO, which is how to get your website and your books on Google, like page one or two of Google.
1: Yeah, for those of us who aren't um, immersed in that, SEO stands for Search Engine Optimization, and it's why sometimes when you type a search term in, you will find a page that is nothing but those search terms. That's on purpose.
0: Yep. Um, It also provides ghostwriting, which if you don't know what that is, it's when... Like, I say I wrote the book, but really someone else did. A lot of memoirs by celebrities are done like this. There's nothing wrong with ghostwriting. It also offered a platform for cross promotion of ebooks and newsletter um, mailing lists. Mailing lists that you could buy. so So old to me.
1: Like, is it 2008?
0: Exactly. So this is on the surface and like, I looked through where he was putting it on uh, forums to get people to come, you know, join. So originally they had planned to have for it to be a paid membership, roughly 50 bucks. He dropped that and instead put fees on the backside where like, if you use certain aspects of their business, then you would 2% of it would come back to him. Um, and it also offers the opportunity of like, you can get on someone who's in the top 100 Amazon's mailing lists, like, you can get your book sent to them featured in basically it. get a more exposure and things like that
1: on the surface
0: nothing wrong with us
1: it it's seems actually like it's a decent marketing service
0: right but there was a slack chat which eventually became a became a river chat where several things were happening that was sketchy first of all if you gave your name or your email address for slack chat you were suddenly added to all these mailing lists i saw plenty of complaints of people doing that but also because of the way that the website is set up you have to use mailchimp um, and a few other different ones they have now access to your entire mailing list without having to pay for it so that is sketchy aspect number one number two they there were there are these chats where they are discussing how to game the Kindle Unlimited uh, system, as well as trend setting and essentially or,
1: manufacturing sorry. trends.
0: Exactly, inorganic trend setting is what I kept seeing it as. Um, there are people that it's their job to spot trends and to be on top of things like that, but this is trying to force trends, basically. And I realized that the rant that was taken off YouTube by Felina Mm -hmm. a couple months ago, where I think she was very drunk when she did it, um, she mentioned bullies and copycats and things like that. I think a lot of us thought she was talking about people on Twitter and Facebook coming after her, but really, I think it's these people that she's yelling at. So anyways, a couple of people kind of called him out on it, and he admits without admitting that like you know it sucks that this is the way that Kindle is but you know like if you want to be big this is how you got to do it so i wish Kindle would change it but i'm going to use their system as it is and a lot of shitty things he, he has been pulled from amazon all of his social media has been silent since yeah. mid-june can't find anything so i i didn't sign up for newsletters because i don't particularly care but uh i'm assuming that. Something's going on behind the scenes. So, what goes on with Kindle Unlimited? Why did all this start?
1: So, I, yeah, I think this is a good spot for me to hop in. So, yeah. um, last episode I talked about how Kindle Unlimited is kind of this not unprecedented technology in publishing, but it Kindle Unlimited specifically is a new way of applying a model that we're all really familiar with, which is the subscription, essentially streaming model to something that used to happen pretty differently, which was books. Now this idea that I'm going to introduce here, which is that uh, writers essentially get paid by the page these days, is not new. Everybody knows the famous story, Charles Dickens was famously really verbose because he got paid by the edition. However, this is a new way of thinking about that. if you have a Kindle Unlimited subscription, I believe it's 9 dollars a month. I actually did not look into that. Um, I know that what I can tell you about Kindle is you pay a monthly price. And you essentially, it's almost like having access to a library. There's, I think they said about a million books on it that are available.
0: Yeah, there's a lot.
1: And they rotate out. Um, yep. But there are also a lot of things that are published almost exclusively through... Kindle Unlimited, meaning there are no hard copies anywhere. You cannot decide to take this out of your library and you can't necessarily get it in other readers. And that's kind of where some of these authors were at the time. So the Kindle Unlimited system takes books from authors puts them available to everybody to essentially lend out of the library. When you decide to take a book from it, you're lending it. If you cancel your Kindle Unlimited subscription, you no longer have access to it. The way that it works for payment is all members—every author who submits a book on Kindle Unlimited and then has that book essentially taken out by a Kindle Unlimited user gets paid out of the same fund as everybody else. Rather than have it be by the book, which is something that Kindle Unlimited used to do, so if you, when they initially set this up, if you had a book on Kindle Unlimited, every time someone like me went onto their Kindle Unlimited account and took that book and downloaded it to their um, machine, whatever it was, whether it your computer or your phone, whatever device you were using, you would get paid a certain amount of money per book. Early on in the game, that led to... Book spamming, meaning authors would just publish an eight-page book or a six-page book. They would claim it was a book, they'd get the payment for it from the Kindle Unlimited system. So you'd have authors with like two thousand books up there. It's kinda like on fanfiction sites where it's like,
0: hey, I'll put up the next chapter when
1: I get X amount of kudos or likes or whatever or comments. Exactly. So there were people making about a hundred thousand dollars a month sometimes on this system. Cool. Oh. So Kindle got smart, and Kindle developed a pretty smart system. So, like I said, Kindle pays out of what they call the KDP Select Global Fund, as individual customers read pages in your book for the first time. So meaning now authors get paid by the individual page read by a reader. They developed something called the Kindle Edition Normalized Page Count. The K-N or the KENPC, I'm going to call it the KenPC, is calculated <laughs> using standard formatting settings, font line, height spacing, etc. We use the Ken PC to measure the number of pages customers read in your book, starting with the start reading location, the SRL, at the en- or to the end of your book. Amazon typically sets the SRL at chapter one so readers can start reading the core content of your book as soon as they open it. Non-text elements within books, including images, charts, and graphs, will count towards the KEN PC. Authors are able to earn a maximum of three thousand K E N P or Kindle edition normalized pages per title per customer. So your book can be up to three thousand pages long, and you will get paid by the page. So,
0: okay. It, they're not going to get double paid. So if I have it on my phone and my
1: Kindle it's per app, customer.
0: Okay. That's okay. That was my first, like, wait a second. Can they have their friends do this, like, from six different devices? But okay.
1: So what this has led to is it's still in your best interest to have more than one book on Kindle. But most importantly, what it's led to is this idea that people write really, really lengthy books... And they also do something called book stuffing, which I believe is why Chance got knocked off of Kindle, meaning that he would say, there's an excerpt at the end of this book of my next book, but it would actually just be a whole other book. Authors would get together from this book clicker chat. One of them would publish a book and then another author would put their whole book in there and then they would split the profits. So rather than having, you know, a 300 page book, you'd have a 600-page book, and you could make $600 off of that depending on how many people picked up your book, how many people took your book out of the Kindle Unlimited lending library, so to speak. So, Kindle created this system to stop this idea of book spamming, but they led to something called book stuffing. And writing these lengthy, extensive books is a lot easier when you have manufactured trends that you can follow. This has also led to something I mentioned last episode about how, um, Felina hasn't actually released anything since the Gate controversy. However, compendiums, meaning squished versions, so three of her books in one book have come out as something you can rent from the Kindle Unlimited Reading store, which is a really good example of book stuffing. So even though there are three books that you might have read before, if you open them up and then you go to the last page she's going to get paid for all those pages that you skipped through, as long as you haven't read that particular edition before. So even if I've read all of Cocky Roommate, if I decide to take out the compendium of the first three books and then I skip to the third one, she still gets paid as if I read the first two out of that edition, as well as I've already read the individual edition.
0: So in part, it is more important to be on
1: Kindle Unlimited rather than, like, regular Kindle sells. To some extent, yeah. Okay. So then we get to the other complicated system here, which is the idea of how do you get noticed on Kindle Unlimited? First of all, if your book is older than 30 days, the odds that your book is going to get recommended to anybody are literally null.
0: Unless you're Harry Potter, because they are actually on Kindle Unlimited.
1: Second, that's because J.K. Rowling already has more money than God. She doesn't care. Um, Second, nobody really knows how the recommendation system works organically. Amazon has not been particularly forthcoming with information about it. I know, I know. Surprise, surprise.
0: Understandably, though, like, if I tell you how it's done, you're going to game it. So I'm okay with them keeping this a secret, even though it's already these people healthy. have, yeah, these people have found ways around.
1: The only thing that you can guarantee on Amazon is if you use Amazon marketing services for your book, meaning you pay Amazon, you're guaranteed to get placement in if author or uh, Readers who liked this book also liked this book, and it also might pop up in your general Amazon. You can do two different types of ads. I won't get into how complicated they are. Some of them show up in actual, like, Amazon, and other ones show up within your Kindle app.
0: Yeah, that's annoying. That's why I don't have a Kindle app, or Kindle
1: device. So... That's Kindle Unlimited Publishing, and I'm gonna, I I explained all that, and I know it's really lengthy and kind of dry, but I'm explaining this because I really do think that this system informs not only the type of writing that we're going to experience with Felina, but the type of behavior that she was participating in up until it started to be not beneficial for her, which I'll go back to Meg for because she knows a little bit more about this book clicker chat. I just want to
0: also point out a few other things. Amazon's not the first people to have trouble with their uh, self-publishing slash Uh, ebook issues google pulled their playbooks at one point uh i think it was like 2015 when this happened because they did not have a system in place at the time for pirated books so just in case you're wondering like hey why does amazon suck they're not the only ones they are the ones that consistently are having problems which is kind of weird because barnes noble has their own and so does kobo and you know there are other ways you can get your uh, self published book out there, but again, Kindle's kind of where the big bucks are. So
1: I also looked into that a little bit. Um, it turns out that most of those other services have a human element to their recommendation. Exactly, That's Amazon the does not, and for... nobody's really sure how the Amazon algorithm works, except for the people at Amazon.
0: And it doesn't make sense why you wouldn't have a human component. Like I don't get why. At all.
1: It would literally just be as simple as if at the end of my book, I took a survey as a person and said, what I recommend this to other fans of? And then like a collection of genres.
0: Exactly. Especially considering Amazon owns Goodreads, this should be easy,
1: easily It should be super easy to integrate exactly what Goodreads is. Authors who gave this five stars also gave this five stars. Right. So part of the things that were going on in
0: this chat were, again, Mailing lists were being sold. Um, They were being offered novellas that had been written, you know, change a few names here, blah, 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 blah. Um, Same with short stories and ghostwriting. But they would also figure out the trend and set it for each month. So there was a lumberjack one for sure. Um, A lot of men doing hard labor jobs, but making Men, Lima, out of them i don't know um i'm fairly certain felina i wish i had her list of books up right now i'm gonna pull that up really quick i bet we could figure out the trend that's going on Mm -hmm. we do have a cowboy we have a biker a cowboy um her first book is just a roomie so i'm i am curious if that fell into one or if that was her putting this book out and then realizing like hey there's this group
1: Yeah, I think that that might have been pre, because that's 2016. She's been writing, although I will say she's collected, I think, 19 books in 24 months. Yeah, I mean. She's been prolific, partly because of the system that she's chosen to publish on. That is the thing, is like, you can have
0: romance and erotica books that fit into a formula. And And my guess is, based on what we read of the first one, the first few definitely do that. Um, I tried my hand at something that I thought was a formulaic kind of genre and which is a genre that I really like. I'm not going to call it out or anything like that and realize it's actually harder than it seems. So I agree, you know, kind of kudos for writing this many things in two years, but also how many drafts were each of these? Because there's no way that this is more than like a third draft.
1: Yeah, that's the thing. Like these books aren't, um... Something I'll say when we actually get into the text, I'll get into it. But there's a lot of points where I realize this is written to hit the page count. Oh, yes, definitely. Um, So we have
0: the roomie. We've got a cowboy biker quarterback. Now, I will say the senator, there is brief mention in the first book about how he was going to run for office because it talks about how he's going to get a wife to help with votes or something or that would make uh, the voters happy. Um, I only remember because I took note of it because I knew that there was a Senator book because he was on our list of potential books. books. Um, Then we have The Cocky Marine, which I believe has changed because that's the one with the drama in the name that she, she told someone that they could just change their name with a trademark while also having a book that she went, hey, I put this out here not realizing that this is a trademark name, but it's really hard for me to change the names. It's a whole thing. Um, I would not be surprised I'm pulling it up right now if it has a different name now. Oh, maybe a I'm wrong. Reader. Yep. Cocky Soldier. <laughs> oh, fair. So uh, then she's got a female one. Cocky Love. Cocky Romantic Cocky Genius.
1: Cocky Genius. That was a trip to read a sample of. <laughs> Ethan.
0: Is that who that is? Ethan? Yeah, it is Ethan Cocker. That must be one of the kids. So, yeah. It is. I am curious if she kind of went in and out on these ha, ha, uh, trends. Uh, Meg. But because we do still also have we've got another quarterback. There's a rock star. There's a director. Well, I mean,
1: Football genes are hereditary. It would the, the quarterback <laughs> is probably the quarterback. And you're dead. probably right. So <laughs> Cockerback.
0: <laughs> and there is also even talk of, you know, three book sets on here. And you can also get cocky bonus scenes for books one through 16.
1: The The thing that stuck out to me as I was researching this whole Kindle Unlimited thing is you can see all of it in what she's produced, both from the way that she chooses to write and, to be frank construct her paragraphs um down to the way that she releases her novels and i think that you can also trace these sort of manufactured trends that they were creating in this book clicker thing this book clicker chat which i think brings us to the crux of the folina hopkins issue which is that one day the trend was cocky and she got pissed Point being, um, one day the system, or one day the thing they all decided on was cocky. Felina Hopkins said, "Uh, that's my thing, we can't have it be cocky. And they said, well, this is how we do things. So she left the chat and then later on trademarked it. Unfortunately, in the fallout of her trademark, she took down one of the people who was in the chat. I believe that was one of the people she attempted to sue.
0: Yeah, it was someone that she had... Previously had a decent relationship with, from what I understand, they had exchanged mailing lists, they got along fine. um So I guess they made the decision. She released a book, but the book did technically come out before the trademark.
1: So then she also took on. I'm I'm speaking about Terra Crescent now. Is that who you were just talking yes. about? Yes. Okay. She took on two people. We neither of us remember. We'll we'll get into the actual details food. of the case.
0: I have who she took on. Hang on. Oh, cool. Just the name's not a ton of information because we will be getting into it more. She sued Kevin. Uh, Kevin
1: e- Newber. And he's actually a professor who came out of retirement to defend or to uh, fight the trademark.
0: Right. It's someone that like if they sue you, you have to sue back. Yeah, um, Tara Crescent, who I do have, she's the author. She posted in August of 2017, and the trademark went up in September. And then she also sued Jennifer Watson, who released an anthology with Cocky, But I don't have the date that that was released.
1: So I think we'll probably talk about the details of the case a little bit more next episode. Yes. We just wanted to give you guys the background and and explain that as much as Felina Hopkins... Trademark was ridiculous and absurd and mean-spirited. It came out of a mean-spirited community. Um, One of the other things that I'm going to spend some time doing is, um, there's a lot of talk in, we should really credit this Verge article real quick. Um, Yes, it is by... We we read a real, this all stemmed from the fact that both of us found a super in-depth article Um, On the Verge, written by... Sarah Young? Sarah Young. Um, she did an incredibly, um, it's called Bad Romance to cash in on Kindle Unlimited, a cabal of authors gamed Amazon's algorithm. That's the one that's about the book clicker thing. And then, pounded in the butt by my own dark SEO, The Weird True Story of Hashtag Cockygate by Cory Doctorow on, um... dot Boingboing.net.
0: Uh, I also dug into there's a guy and I don't have his name off the top of my head. Let me see if I can pull it up. But he has been very adamant about going after chance since like all of this started um, and has written several articles. Although a uh, couple of them are on his website, David uh, Gagarin. So there's a lot of people really like digging into this um, that are really making our lives a little bit easier. Uh yeah, chance has done a lot of things. You're also gonna find him in the Tiffany Gate, which I think we talked about a little bit last episode, where he was offering up Tiffany diamonds if you reviewed his book, which you cannot
1: You cannot offer to reimburse for reads or rewards Exactly. Um, you can't or reads or reviews based on the Kindle Unlimited system, which is probably why he's out. Right. Like
0: NetGalley exists, but you're also not paying for the book. So yeah, you cannot And um, incentivize someone to buy and review your book like that. Now that, like, you can't do it to get them to review your book. Now there are people, especially in the YA community, like, if you pre-order books, you know, you can get tote bags and things like that. That's all legal and above board. But they're also not part of Kindle Unlimited. So I think that is specifically like a Kindle Unlimited thing.
1: There's also definitely a difference between um, I'm going to give you an extra prize if you pre-order versus I'm going to pay you if you review my book proper or like positively. Right.
0: And there's also, you know, yeah, it, it's just like it's it's gross what happened and it's gross. That's all we need to say there.
1: We <laughs> tried to kind of set the foundation for you guys to understand this world that we're going to be talking about. Um We've we've used about half the episode on some pretty dry stuff, and we're sorry, but we we really do have to do this justice up front. Yeah, we're not sorry. Hashtag not sorry. Not
0: sorry gate. Uh, I'm listening to Demi De- De- Lovato's "Sorry Not Sorry." There we go. So, and unfortunately, there's no not really much sex in the first three chapters of this book.
1: Oh no, but there is masturbation. There so is let's,
0: masturbation.
1: Let's let's I guess we'll we'll call this a. I th- I think maybe we should take a break. Alright, so we'll break, and then we'll come back and we'll get into this.
0: (laughs) Um,
1: I just want to roll back. Sure. Real quick. And talk about these trends that they were setting. I want to start my own trend in erotica. Okay. And I, I don't want to call it cocky, though. I think I'm going to start my own series called The Reasonable Brothers. And they're all going to be, like... reasonably good-looking, you know, like, not even chill, just, like, stable dudes with, like, reasonable reactions to things. And, like, rather than it being all this, like, sexy time erotica, it's gonna be, like, he's gonna have, like, a normal name. Like, his name's gonna be, like, I don't know, like, Brian. That's a very normal name, yes. And, like, her name's gonna be, I don't know, like, Jess. Jess came home. And there was Brian. He bought her a completely reasonable amount of sushi. Not, like, too much and not, like, super fancy. Like, he just, like, went to the local place. And he knows that she likes tuna rolls. So he, like, bought her tuna rolls and she put on her sweatpants and they sat on the couch and watched Bob's Burgers while she ate tuna rolls and he rubbed her feet. I think
0: it also goes in with, like, rewriting The Reasonable Roommates.
1: Brian opened the door and realized... And he was wearing gym shorts and a t-shirt. He was a little embarrassed. Yeah. And uh, he didn't realize.
0: And he went, oh, hang on a second, and shut the door and put on real pants. And then came back and was like, sorry, I assumed Jess was a guy's name. But you know what?
1: It was kind of weird for me to open the door looking like that anyways.
0: It was, yeah. And, uh, you know, I really wanted to live with a guy, but why don't you check out the apartment and we'll see if our personalities line up for roommates?
1: You know, maybe after this we'll, like, grab a burger and see how it goes. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Or even more reasonable, he met her at a third location because she might have been a serial killer.
1: Or he might have been a serial killer. I
0: was going to ask, should we be writing our own erotica while we do this? But that might not be a good idea either.
1: Yeah, I'm going to start rewriting this whole thing as if these are well-adjusted, normal human beings. You
0: know what? My One of my oldest and dearest friends is a doctor and, uh, she finished all of her schooling and rotations. I want to say in 2016 and, uh, and has a job and lives in Atlanta. So, um, did her, I think she did her rotations in Augusta, not actually Atlanta, but I could be wrong there. And, um, yeah, I might like Write her story, from what I understand it to be, which is, like, this midnight baseball thing. I don't know if that's a real thing, but, so uh. So we're gonna,
1: yeah, let's let's get into this, let's, let's yeah. dig our, what do you say we sink our teeth into this juicy text, Meg? Let's do it. Okay, so, the premise of Cocky Heart Surgeon is exactly what it sounds like. The main character is a heart surgeon, and he's cocky. He's also horrifically medically negligent. Do tell, El. what do you mean by that? Alright, so we'll we'll go a little bit chronologically. We open with Caden's point of view for chapter one, and the first line is, he's coding, I shout to my nemesis, my fellow second year resident, Dr. Janet Gilroy, and we all know she's not the love interest because she has a super unfuckable name. Shannon. And then he goes on to say, as Nurse Shannon administers adrenaline, who the fuck refers to a nurse as nurse?
0: Unless he is talking to a patient. This is Nurse Sharon, but no, it's just Sharon. As a
1: patient, I would refer to someone like that, maybe if that was how they were introduced to me. But my aunt's a nurse, and I don't think anybody calls her Nurse Jeannie. Mm Mm-mm. It's not a title like Doctor.
0: Because if it was, it would be like NS, NR, something like that.
1: So, anyways, the, the opening scene is we, we are introduced to Caden and his arch nemesis and fellow second year, Dr. Janet Gilroy. Um, there's a guy on a table. He's dying of heart failure from trauma surgery. And Caden is desperately attempting to save him with a defibrillator machine. And I will say, I have to give it to Felina Hopkins. She describes how you're properly supposed to use it, which is you're supposed to put one pad on the chest and one down on your lower ribcage so that you can create a current. Other than that, though, it is such a ridiculous over-the-top scene. If you're in
0: surgery, there's especially for your heart... I guess it's not necessarily says what he's in there for, but I still don't think they make you wear a gown if they're cutting into you anywhere in the chest area.
1: Also, if he's been undergoing, like, chest surgery, I don't feel like you can use a defibrillator on him. No. He's, like, open. (laughs) Yeah. So, this opening scene is literally to demonstrate that Caden is emotional and loves his job and he cares so much about his clients. Well, his like patients. And Janet Gilroy is a better doctor, but she doesn't care. So then we meet Dr. Myers. Well. Who hang on.
0: This is trauma surgery. Trauma surgery is like car accidents, kid fell out of a tree, arm is bone sticking out. Right? It's more like an ER. Right? Am I wrong
1: there? Yeah, that's the confusing bit, which is that... Because then we get, like... We get the backstory of this guy. So the guy's name is Bill, the guy who's coding on the table that Caden is attempting to save and Janet Gilroy doesn't care about. And then we get this whole thing about him and his... Bill's dead wife... And Caden says goodbye to him and has the cheesiest line, which is that, like, I guess Bill and his wife traveled the world and she died five years ago. And he still traveled because he liked to think that she came with him. And after Bill dies on the table, Caden says, hey, Bill, I hope you guys travel with Wings now. Which is, by the way, super cheesy. But anyways, this does this gets at the heart of the problem, which is that if this is a trauma, like, ER situation, you would not have met Bill before this.
0: No, like at first I thought this might be his neighbor or something, but it is made very clear that this is someone that like he has had in the hospital and it no longer is trauma surgery. Because I'm trying to think any surgery that I had after my first week of my car accident became like orthopedic surgery or related to something. It's no longer to fix the trauma. The trauma has been recognized so trauma surgery, and I could be very wrong. I'm not a doctor. This is just coming from the numerous times I've spent in the ER and hospital. But trauma surgery to me is like we are fixing something that just happened. It is immediate. Not he would go in. This would be cardi. If it's because of his heart, it's cardiac surgery, not trauma yeah. surgery.
1: And it's not like they're vague about it. Literally, the next line is. Uh, Dr. Myers, the attending trauma surgeon we answer to, rushes in and watches us work. So it, there, there's really no ambiguity here. It just doesn't make any sense for him to have known this patient beforehand. Right. But the point of this exercise is not to make any sense. It's to point out how passionately Caden cares about his patients. I found it really schmaltzy.
0: I just Googled and it says trauma versus ER doctors. What's the difference? So it is essentially part of the ER
1: yeah, the really, really strange thing. Like, he, he, there's all these lines. Because it's written in first person. I really admired this guy. Come on, Patterson. And then it talks about all of the stories of that this guy told him. And it, it just doesn't make any sense if he's a trauma surgeon. Anyways, he loses this guy on the table. Calls him dead. Says goodbye to him. While he's saying goodbye to him, things are going on elsewhere in the hospital. So after he leaves the room, his token minority friend, Dr. Dev Mangal, asks him if he wants to join a midnight baseball league while they're walking together.
0: Which is kind of a cool idea. Yeah.
1: But he is interrupted because he looks over and realizes that the other physician that was in the room at the time, Dr. Janet Gilroy, is filling out the paperwork. I don't understand why this makes him so angry, but he essentially crumples up the paperwork she's been filling out for a few minutes and calls her a bitch. I guess the assumption is she would put her name on it. I guess, but I just don't understand. Like, it's not like the the attending was there. Right. Like,
0: they were both in the room. Both of their names should be on it. I don't know. It's weird.
1: I'm just going to read this exchange (coughs) because it really, really bothered me. Go right ahead. I rush to check what the fuck she's writing. Immediately furious, I point at the form and demand, what the hell are you doing? Writing my report on the patient's death, what does it look like I'm doing? My job? The bitch winks at me. Well, you weren't here to do it. Someone had to. You've got to be kidding me. Dev tells her, again, Janet, we are not inviting you into the league. Janet tilts her annoying face, voice flat as always, what league? I just,
0: if you were in your second year and you're already that cold-hearted towards patients,
1: why are you doing this? So this this is the next bit that really bothered me. You ran out of that room to beat me to this paperwork. I was taking a moment to say goodbye to the dead, to wish him well. You know I do that. That's, like, a weird thing. I mean... It's it's... it's not the wishing him well that's weird. It's the fact that he's screaming about it to his fellow doctor in an ER. It's also weird that she would rush out to
0: this, like, paperwork... It's not going to have, like... The dude died, so either... You could look at this as a failure, so it's like, why would either of them be rushing to do the
1: paperwork? I'd be playing the not-it game. So he ends up winning, and he fills out the paperwork. Does he win? He
0: just, like, butts it. I mean, I guess it is technically a win, but she doesn't really fight him on
1: it? And then we get to the heart of the issue and why he's so passionate about his time here at this hospital. He wants to stay in Atlanta with his family and he feels that if he doesn't get a, he's, he's a, if he doesn't get a residency at this particular hospital, he will not be able to stay there and he will have to go elsewhere. I'm going to go ahead and guess that there's more than one hospital in Atlanta. Yes. And not even that, like, th- there are some that are, you know, like, travel
0: an hour away. It's not that far. Yeah.
1: So um, I'm guessing that in a large metropolitan area like Atlanta, there's going to be more than one hospital. But he's pretty intense that he needs to stay at this one, yeah. which is called, oh, he doesn't list it. It's later. It's said later. Yeah. So here's an example of a moment when I think she's trying to reach a page count. He explains to his friend Dev why he's so intense about the fact that he has to beat Dr. Janet Gilroy because I guess they're vying for the same position. I get it, I get it. Dev taps the counter and and heads off. I wish I had a family like yours. Then we get into, these are four separate paragraphs for each sentence. Staring after him, I feel my pulse raging. I'll find a way to get back at Dr. Janet Gilroy. Don't know how it'll come out, but I can't wait to find out. First of all, that's a fucking wild thing to say. You don't know how it comes out. Why are you excited? I assumed Second, that... What's he getting back at her for? He got to do the paperwork. Yeah.
0: I assumed that that's who he was going to end up. Like, this was going to be one of those things where we hate each other and then realize, like, both of us are fine and just have awkward
1: ways of dealing with stuff. I think that would be a lot more compelling than what they're setting up, but with a name like Janet...
0: Yeah, that's not... It was not going to happen.
1: But... We should
0: clarify, because Rocky Horror,
1: the the lead woman is a Janet. Janet is a great name, but remember that, like, Janet's, like, an older name? Yeah, that's fair, I guess. It's kind of like how, like, if a character's named Marjorie these days, no one's gonna fuck her, because her name is Marjorie. And I can make these things, I can say these things, because my name is Eleanor. <laughs> and you're not getting any, is that what you're saying? It's not that I'm not getting any in real life. I'm fine. But like, nope, if you meet there's... an Eleanor in a book, she's not getting yeah, dicked down. exactly. You know who's a famous Eleanor? Eleanor Rigby, who really famously didn't get dicked down by anybody. She died <laughs> alone. Well, that's really sad. And that's
0: the way no I'm going. No Fanny length so. for her. No absolute monsters for her. It might be time to change my name to an old
1: fashioned name. I'm going to start going by Margaret. Margaret Griffin. It's got a good ring. So we cut to the next chapter, where he has been at this hospital on the clock for 72 hours. I assume he's taking naps because, like,
0: there's Still no Still dangerous. Way.
1: Yeah. Oh, agreed. So he's on the, he's in the cancer ward handing out chocolates to sick cancer people. After being at work for 72 hours, which is, by the way, extremely dangerous for a trauma surgeon to do. And
0: very sweet to think of, you know, the cancer patients, but a lot of them are on medications where, like, what they eat is very particular and things can make them sick. And I almost kind of wish she went with, like, the kid's ward of some sort, but.
1: So this whole thing, though, it's just another, like. It's just like the opening one where it just seems schmaltzy and simpering to me. I'll just, I'm just going to read this thing. So Dr. Myers, his attending, um, Elizabeth Myers, who is our other point of view character in the book, though we only get one chapter of hers in this, uh, little excerpt that we're covering today. She catches him and he starts to have a little back and forth with Scylla, who's his cancer patient friend. Uh, he pops a chocolate into his mouth. Mmm, caramels are my favorite. My mom's too. Scylla's tired eyes dance. I love them too, but cherry-filled are my favorite. No way. Gross. She laughs. They're the best ones. They're nasty. You don't know anything. Next time I'll have to bring cherry, and they'll be safe from me. You can have them. That is some real lame dialogue. It's short. You... It's snappy. And it but it's not. expands the word count. Or the page you don't they're nasty you don't know anything who says that to anybody and we know nothing about this character Scylla how old is she who is she what does she have oh wait no it does mention she has osteosarcoma so Myers catches him and then finally orders him to go the frick home because again he's a trauma surgeon who's been working for 72 hours and it doesn't matter what you're doing after 72 hours you're not at your best intermittent naps or no
0: no agreed like you how that he made it to 72 hours it's a liability it's dangerous there's a reason that
1: professional insurance for doctors is really fucking expensive and this doesn't help so he goes on to describe dr myers who at this point i think we've established as the romantic interest in the book She's two years older than him. She's way ahead of him in the medical field because she graduated from high school at 16 and went right into college. He took a little bit of time. He implies that he says uh, she was ahead of me because she was on the med school track. For me, that choice took time. That's how I know that he's a little bit older than the 20 that we maybe guessed he was. Yeah,
0: he's probably closer to 30.
1: Plus, if he's getting to his residency and it took him some time, he's probably 30. It takes like, I think, like eight years. Yep, yep. Yeah, you're looking at eight years of college, at least, and then a few years of, like, attending. My friend got through it, I think, the entire college and everything in ten years, so yeah. So, she starts to be upset with him, and he gets cocky about it. She tilts her head, and what exactly do you think you're doing? Taking care of patients, helping people, saving lives whenever I can, and when I can't, making them as comfortable as possible for as long as they're in this shithole. Now don't give me that look. I love it here and so do you. But to these people, it's the last place they want to be. Don't you know that? Or have you forgotten what it's like to be on the other side of that clipboard? All of this would be fine in like a comic book. It's so dramatic without being necessary. Like,
0: but again, he hasn't slept for 72 hours, probably. I would be this dramatic at 72 hours.
1: I can just see like the soft, even lighting of a daytime soap opera here.
0: Yes. As he's swaying back and forth because he's definitely not standing on his feet, clearly.
1: <sighs> so he goes home after she chastises him and they have a weird flirty interaction. Which
0: don't flirt with your attending? Uh yeah, your boss, essentially. Yeah, don't. It's weird. She tells him to go home, and he says, why don't you come with me? That's sexual harassment.
1: Yeah, it is, and it would get you in huge trouble. And also, if you're trying to get a position that's permanent at a hospital, and somebody has to make that decision, maybe don't complicate those things.
0: Exactly. You want to know what your problem comes from and why Janet's probably beating you is because you are sexually harassing your boss. Yeah. So on
1: the way home,
0: he calls his brother. Before that, there's this long discussion of like oh no maybe it comes after that. No, yeah. Where he's looking at the seventh floor that's getting construction and how it's going to be so much better of a place. And I'm just like, what's going on here?
1: Oh, actually this is a re- another really good example of hitting that page count. Are you ready? Because every single sentence here is a paragraph. Oh, yeah. A well used call button gets a quick job. I look up, it's on the seventh floor. Construction is up there. Total renovation. And this place is going to be even better. And I love it how it already is. Imagine improving on perfection. Every single sentence is a new paragraph. So I've been really excited to get to this phone call with his brother, Max. (laughs) He calls his brother and he's like, I might have just impressed my attending. And his brother says, the one who favors Janet... And then this is a fucking wild sentence to say to somebody. Your voice is thick. I wake you. Who says that to anybody? Like, okay, his voice was thick. That's like a a, a descriptive term that we would use. But who would say that sentence to somebody in a conversation? Yeah. Like,
0: I'm more likely to hear you sound sick rather than, your voice sounds sick. Did I wake you? But usually so yeah, it's like, just like, like, oh, did I wake you? Just you? Asked, did you just
1: wake up? Yeah. Or shit. Sorry. Didn't mean to wake you up. Something like that. But then we find out that he didn't just wake him up. He's looking at the rough cut of his film that he's sending to Sundance. And here's another wild situation Folina puts in front of us. I submitted to Sundance today. Congratulations. Haven't got accepted. Hold that offer when I do. I thought you sent it off. You can submit a rough cut and tell them the changes you want to make. They're experienced enough to know what will work and judge from there. It's like going into a home knowing that before you buy it they'll paint it white or whatever. So you picture the potential and decide if it's a go. There's a scene I don't love. I think I'm too close to it now to see it from its true perspective. There should be a paragraph break in here somewhere. Is that also a thing, though? Can you really send an unfinished cut? Oh, I honestly to the don't festival?
0: know. I honestly don't. That's know. something
1: Maybe I won't do the research on this because, frankly, I'm real busy recently, but if anybody in our Facebook group, A Handbook for Judging fabulous Retellings Covers, wants to get at me and let me know what it's like to uh, submit a film for any sort of festival, I would really actually love to hear the process. That seems wild to me. I feel like
0: she's going to know more about submitting to a film festival than she would about the medical field because... She's definitely been in some independent films, so... Yeah, that's true. Um, I would not be surprised if this is a thing, but I got a feeling, like, you want it almost as polished as possible.
1: Yeah, I just feel like that would be kind of silly. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Either way, so he drives home, he's talking to his brother about impressing her. He finally gets home... After uh, talking about how Max is his best friend and he can tell him anything. There's a weird line, too, that I'm like.
0: Let me see if I can find it again. Here it is. Then she must have been sucking one of those morphine drips because shut it. I laugh. Seriously, my brother is a dick. It's that line.
1: It's because we're trying to establish that they have this rapport where they joke with each other, but she's not really taking the time to write snappy repartee well i'm like okay maybe the quotation marks are
0: an accident because maybe it's supposed to be like maybe he's just thinking it but then it says yeah hunter needs work but this brother one stellar human being so he actually said out loud seriously my brother is a dick to my brother
1: and it's just, it and he's, they're trying, she's trying to establish that there's, like, a larger world and that his family is important to him, but the problem is she didn't put any time into this dialogue. It's not compelling. I don't get any sense of who they are, other than that one of them is a filmmaker and they call each other dicks. This could be any dude, bro. And I guess,
0: I'm assuming the book before this had something to do with a Brad. Oh, yeah, I guess so. There's a lot of discussion on a Brad who seems like an asshole, and a Lexi not entirely sure who Lexi is again middle grade novels and I feel like a romance novel that's this serialized with this many people middle grade novels have a chapter in which if you read Babysitter's Club they did it um Animorphs did it um some Goosebumps did it anyways Sweet Valley definitely did too where you had like hey, I'm going to quickly introduce to you everybody that's involved, because, like, yeah, you should know by this point, but in case you forgot or, like, you know, haven't read the books between now and then or whatever, but, like, there should be, you know, while talking to Max, it should be explaining who Lexi is, their relation, like, something. Have that middle grade chapter, where if you're someone who reads these entire books, yeah, it's kind of annoying, but... One, it gets your page count, and two, it helps if someone's skipping around.
1: I'm not even so much angry that she didn't take time to, like, explain it. It's more just that I don't feel like she's putting any effort into this dialogue. This seems like placeholder dialogue, again, the kind that Lanny would write. It seems like the type of stuff that I would put in when I couldn't come up with, like, something actually snappy. I mean, look, not everybody is constantly snappy and witty like you and i are exactly i get it not every line is a winner but if you're writing a book most of them have to be winners (laughs) and even this you home you psychic well i've been in the hospital back to your place it's it's weird i've kept you company on many drives back home from the hospital caden I know how long it takes, and that it should take longer. Don't know how you've managed with no speeding tickets. He jogs to his fridge, now that he's home. And then... Wait, I... Guess I was born with a horseshoe
0: up my ass. But damn, my luck has run out. There's absolutely nothing
1: in here that I can eat, and it smells. And then we have the most awkward thing I've ever heard, which is, Go do your thing. I'm gonna go to bed. And Max? Yeah? Yeah? We gotta hang out soon. Done. That's really corny. Max is definitely playing video
0: games. That's how it sounds.
1: This this is just this is just super corny.
0: I'm gonna start saying, well, guess I was born with a horseshoe up my ass to people.
1: <laughs> but my luck has run out. I have no food. So gross. Yeah, what smells? Oh, here we go. Are you ready? It's time yes. to strip naked. Oh, yes. Do you want to read it? I do. But
0: before, well, I'm going to read it and then I'm going to talk to you about my mirror escapades yesterday while I was rearranging my bedroom. Okay. <clears throat> After I toss the phone onto my dresser, I strip naked, glancing to the mirror positioned across from my bed as I check out my body. One of the doctor's break rooms has exercise equipment to keep the staff healthy. Ironically, not many of us use the machines, but I do keep in shape when the ER is quiet and I've completed rounds. I like my body looking this good, and that takes work just like anything else worth having.
1: Values inserted in there. (laughs) What? He he inserted his values. Oh, yes. (laughs) Get it? Inserted? (laughs) In and out.
0: Reflexively, my gaze flicks up next to where my favorite mirror is, the ceiling. Oh my god. As I pull boxer briefs down my thigh. Okay, hang on. He's already stripped naked. But I guess the boxer briefs are still on. Okay. As I pull my boxer briefs down to my thighs and my freed cock bounces out, I begrudgingly mutter to its sleepy head been way too long since i've used you
1: sorry been way too long since i've made use of you buddy now that he's addressed his his penis as if it is his golden retriever that he forgot to take for a walk today poor pup leaping on my bed
0: god there's not a comma there okay leaping on my bed i stretch naked limbs
1: over the goose down and enjoy my yawning muscles so, palming my length to wake it up, I ask my reflection, why the fuck are you sleeping alone? Ambition is one thing, neglect another. A couple of long, slow strokes, and it starts to harden, but it's not sure if I mean it. I'm so tired. This, this is gonna take work.
0: <laughs> I feel like we should trade off so that we could, like, really let on.
1: Really get into this. Yeah.
0: And let people understand, like, where these paragraph breaks are. Go ahead. The memory of the girl I brought home last launches my shaft to attention. Not full girth, but this will work. I, I need to teach her about commas. Wait, when was that? Oh, yeah. Months back when I was chasing Lexi down at one of Billy's new warehouse parties. I,
1: Wouldn't it have been great if he'd explained who Lexi was? Yeah, no clue.
0: I heard she was there with Brad, the invisible douchebag. I'm starting to, I thought Lexi was like a sister, maybe that she had a book and like was dating a douchebag, but I'm starting to realize that maybe that's not what happened here.
1: Maybe the invisible douchebag's a vampire. Maybe this is a vampire thing. Anyways, didn't find her. I
0: did run into my cousin Nicholas, Jeremy's eldest, found him kissing, who eventually turned out to be his girlfriend. Okay. Okay
1: left them to make out some more, and went seeking someone of my own to kiss like he was kissing her. Took one home not long after he had said goodbye. Took one home. Figured if Lexi was lost in the wind, might as well have some fun.
0: I don't know if this is better than the making out with tongues that happens in Lanny Sarum's book, but yeah.
1: Foolish to waste a party. Yeah, that was my line. Oh, I'm sorry. You can get the next one. Oh, I was gonna let you have the next one. Go ahead. She's perfect fantasy material as I stroke myself to fruition. (laughs) The memory of how she looked riding me, I can imagine right now reflected in the mirror. Oh my God. This next bit really upset me.
0: Full-breasted, wide-hipped, ready to go all night. I can just close my eyes and enjoy the thick pulsing that beats the base of my length. My hand slides up and down, Fate veins throbbing so good grip firmly pushing my silky skin over the sensitive head again and again as my pleasure intensifies
1: okay hold on real quick here <laughs> which part all of it full breasted wide hipped ready to go all night she doesn't have a name we don't know what color her hair was actually technically speaking a we didn't even specify that it's a woman nope or human She's perfect fantasy girl material, so, you know, whatever. Yep. Are you ready for the wildest thing in this chapter? For inspiration, I look at the mirror again to remember what she looked like. Why are you looking at the mirror to remember this? Muscle memory? I'm not sure. But the girl has been replaced by Dr. Meyer's bobbing ponytail, her physician's coat spread out and covering my torso.
0: Oh, man.
1: Yes. Didn't plan for this. Never done it before. But the fantasy inspires my cock to full mass blood pounding. <laughs> we cannot keep doing nope. this. Nope. <laughs> well, I'm just going to say that he talks out loud to fake Dr. Myers. And then she turns to Janet. And then she turns into to Janet after he squints at the ceiling. So what we're getting at, guys, is if you have a ceiling mirror, don't look at it while you're masturbating- or your fantasies about your boss will turn into your fantasies about your shitty coworker. And he doesn't finish. Finish, I don't think, because
0: his cock flops like his mother just walked in the room.
1: He's so pissed off it takes him a full two minutes to fall asleep. So I have a mirror that is, should go on a wall. I got it from Ikea
0: and I can't quite figure out where I want to put it because my bedroom's not too big, but there's also no room in my living room, but I needed a full length mirror so I could check out, you know, what the hell am I wearing? (laughs) Is my dress tucked into my shorts? Because I did walk half a mile before someone told me that it was the other day.
1: Also, I don't understand these people that don't have a full length mirror because how do you, I mean, I guess like, so like my boyfriend, Will, my S.O., he does not have a full-length mirror, but it doesn't matter because every shirt looks the same with every pair of pants in terms of proportions. But I have, like, different shirts and different pants. Sometimes exactly. it doesn't work. And
0: sometimes you're like, you know what? Let's try these color combinations. Nope, that does not work. Okay. So I spent a good probably 10-15 minutes yesterday, like, trying it in different places to see, like, where can I put this? So that I can get, like, maximum amount of able to look at my outfit. But also don't wake up in the middle of the night and accidentally scare myself shitless by seeing myself in a mirror thinking it's someone else.
1: Yeah, I can't look at mirrors at night. No,
0: no, because that's where they reside. That's where the monsters come out that are going to get you.
1: Real quick, for those of you who don't know, I just moved into a new apartment and I have a new bedroom configuration and I have to figure out where the heck I'm going to put my mirror. Because let me tell you, where it is right now is not working. I can see it at night. Yep. And I hate it.
0: No, mine, so, like, my bed's in the middle, and my bookshelf, and then my mirror was, uh, like, basically parallel with, so, like, I could, at night, see myself in the mirror. But I was like, it's fine, because I sleep the other way, not realizing that I have to roll over to get out, because my bed is essentially, I can't get out the other way. So I was scaring myself
1: constantly by being like who the fuck's in my oh it's a mirror so also i wouldn't be able to sleep knowing it was there because what if there's something in the mirror exactly back to it exactly um and now i want you to i want you dear listener to imagine all of this all of this horror that meg and i have just discussed but it's above you at night you wake up and you're looking at it add the terror of like what the hell has he got holding
0: it to the ceiling? It might fall and crush him.
1: And then furthermore, like, okay, look, I like my face. I think, you know, I'm I'm down with it. I don't want to see it first thing I wake up. No. What if I don't
0: remember what that looks like? No. Have you seen this hair? This hair does not look good in the morning. It is all head, all different directions. Don't need oh, to see yeah, that. Oh, yeah, your
1: hair is big and thick and beautiful. I imagine it probably gets intense at night. It get, yeah, it's it's a mess. So, also... I'm very
0: fortunate my dog only gets weird about everything except for storms, fireworks. And he doesn't freak out about the dog in the mirror. He's the first dog that I've had that doesn't, like, see a dog in the mirror. He's just like, why are you holding me up to the mirror? Please put me down. So.
1: He's like, what is this? Exactly.
0: He's like, okay, are you going to give me cookies now?
1: So. So believe it or not, we do have one more chapter here to oh, talk about. Oh, yes. So this is a pretty simple chapter that I'm not going to get too into. I don't think we need to do any reading from it. There's one part in particular I want to discuss. Um, the feminism part?
0: Yes. Yeah, <laughs> let's
1: talk about that. So so I'll just give a quick summary of the chapter. This is Elizabeth's point of view chapter, and she actually is like an okay character. She's a hardworking, hard-working woman who has become the attending trauma surgeon. Um, she likes mocha lattes with a double shot of espresso and almond milk, which I can appreciate. That's a respectable drink. So she runs into Dr. Janet Gilroy at this cafe, and we kind of get the impression that she likes Janet, and she's bemused by Caden. She wishes that he felt like he could have told her about the chocolates because she would have helped. It's kind of another simpering weird thing that I hope... You know what, I hope we're going to get a lot more of this weird... Dramatic soap opera version of doctors, but the Grey's Anatomy of the Cocker her family. main issue is that she's she's definitely turned on by Caden's cockiness, but she's also upset because she thinks that he thinks that she's heartless because he was afraid to tell her about the chocolates. She ends up walking off in a huff with her latte and saying something kind of weird out loud to Janet. It's altogether kind of a nothing chapter.
0: We also get that she expected Caden to basically be trying to, you know, find a job to essentially get into an office and do nothing and to be, like, chasing the nurse's tail, and he actually is good at his job.
1: Well, committed to his committed, job. Committed, that's
0: the better word, thank you.
1: I have different ideas about what... what... Make somebody good at their job. Yeah,
0: I would not, uh, I think I'm going to start asking my doctors how long they've been on call before they do my surgery going forward.
1: Yeah, I'm, like, really worried about it now. So, she also kind of uh, mulls over the fact that she is the one who decides whether or not he stays on at this only hospital in Atlanta. That only has one open position. So... And there's that all the departments. But the part that that Meg and I want to talk about is the feminism. Is the
0: assumption that Janet is also going for the trauma surgeon position?
1: Yeah, she is. She is his his competition. Okay. So she starts talking about how he stayed over his limit, and she finds him really cocky and frustrating. Human beings need sleep. Residents have a limit on the hours they can legally work, and he's forever ignoring it. Yada yada. She's like, he's so competitive. Um, He needs to be a little bit more calm and collected the way that Janet is. It also doesn't bode well for him that hiring a female trauma surgeon would make the board of directors look good politically. So the idea here is he's against Janet and hiring a female doctor would be better. I'm all for excellent women earning their way to higher positions. I was raised by a powerful woman to be a powerful woman. I could count myself as a feminist if I didn't loathe the need for there to be such a cause in the first place. And here we go. More paragraph times. Also, I love men. It's a fine line, holding ourselves up while not squashing them. Working together, that's the answer. It's where true balance and happiness lies, because both sexes have something to offer that is unique and helps the other. Mutual respect and teamwork is what I aim for as the end goal in all things. Feminism is not about squishing down men. But furthermore, I really hate this whole, like, both sexes are different and bring something different to the table. That includes within it, one, the nasty gender binary. And two, this idea that men and women are fundamentally different. Like, I, I understand where older generations are coming from because I hear this from a lot of my coworkers who are, like, 10 to 15 years older than me talking about how they believe in the equality of the sexes, but that men and women are fundamentally different, and fundamentally different in ways that allow them to be good at fundamentally different things, like my boss is constantly talking about how he hires women because they are more detail-oriented. I find those assumptions, even if they're good things like saying women are more detail-oriented, to be fundamentally reductive. The idea that any of your personal traits, whether they be professional or skills that you would have a better aptitude towards, based on the idea, or based on something that you have no control over, like the sex you were born with, really, really bothers me. Agreed. And I feel like that attitude is really evident in this. And I also just hate this idea that also, I love men. As if that's a reason you can't be a feminist.
0: Yeah, at the end of the day, both of us are um, straight-presenting women that are also feminist. So, there's no need to... It's, it is. It's It's walking that line of women who are feminist are men hating feminist. Because that's the only kind of fem- feminism that exists. And it's like, that type of fe- feminism never existed. It was what the media twisted it to be and is continuing to twist it to be and
1: i just i don't know it's she put it in there because she 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 included this passage because she obviously has some sort of gripe with what she considers to be mainstream feminism and how it's built around hating men and it just it really bugged me um, she put it in there because she feels like she has a bone to pick. She also, I think, is and she wants to put herself above feminists. That's the other thing that bothers me.
0: If she's not forty, she's close to it. So I think she toes the line of an a I don't believe she is a millennial.
1: No, she's a Gen Xer.
0: Which is not to say that a Gen Xers cannot, you know, have
1: Yeah, in the same way that I don't think gender and physical sex determine anything about somebody, I don't think age does either. So,
0: yeah, it's just... (sighs) I could count myself as a feminist if I didn't loathe the need for there being such a cause in the first place. That's terribly phrased. And annoyingly so. There's nothing, like, it's like saying that I'm a feminist because I have to be, rather than be proud. You want equal rights.
1: There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, it's sort of like saying, I would call myself someone who supported the solution to this problem if I didn't hate the fact that there was a problem in the first place. It's like, well, still part of the problem if you're not going to be part of the solution.
0: You're just basically stalling while you try to pick sides and figure out which is the better side.
1: Yep. So, that's the first three chapters of Cocky Heart Surgeon. Um. You know, we got some steamy times, we got some bad feminism, and what more could we want, frankly? Are the next three chapters all from her point of view? Nope. Just two of them. So we'll be back next week. Um, we'll probably decide that we're... I think we're going to get into the actual case that Felina Hopkins brought Yeah, it with her trademark. I do
0: think the day we released, uh, the trademarks were officially dropped, so mm-hmm. we um are going to start exploring the the entire court case um i am relieved that they were dropped for several different reasons one it was a stupid case and two thank god i don't have to read multiple uh, case papers because i did that in college and i was not really wanting to do that again but i if you haven't read any
1: of the transcripts they're kind of hilarious the, uh... Hearing a doctor, or hearing a judge be, like, totally flat-faced about, or flat yeah. about, like, what was in her cocky firefighter.
0: Yeah, like, they got a good judge who probably has a good sense of humor. Um, and... I, I think it was brought to the state of New York. I am very curious. I've had jury duty. I got released early. I had a great judge, and I really kind of hope it was her that was the judge on this. So... Um, yeah. Follow us on social media?
1: Yeah, we really sold that. What, our social media? (laughs) No, just the way that we just closed that out. It was just like, so, uh... Well,
0: there's not a ton to go on. I mean, I'm trying very hard not to bitch about anything Atlanta, except for that I think we've kind of established that this is what, or roughly 2040 is probably a better guess. And there's still only one hospital in Atlanta. And there's still only one hospital in Atlanta and the surrounding areas. There's
1: like, what, four million people in Atlanta? Are there any Southernisms that you have a problem with?
0: In this, so far, no other than, like, there's apparently only one hospital. There's not even one hospital system. There are multiple hospital systems. I'm looking up the Atlanta population, because now I'm...
1: I live in Kingston, New York, which has a population of about 30,000. And there's two hospitals here. <laughs>
0: yeah. Uh, Atlanta population is roughly 5.8 million.
1: Yeah, so there's definitely at least five or six hospitals. Yeah, and also,
0: like... I have a lot of grapes. Atlanta's my hometown. Um. But... Again, this is 2040. I guess she's trying to make it as generic as possible so it can feel like any time, but I kind of want something like a driver, you know, cars that drive themselves.
1: Something cool. Yeah. (coughs) Sci-fi inserted in here would really make up for the fact that all of the dialogue sounds like it was procedurally generated. Yeah,
0: like if you're going to put the original family in today's times and you're going to do the kids, like it doesn't have to be. I don't need anything flying that's not already flying, you know. Something.
1: Yeah. Mention that he drives a Tesla. Yeah.
0: He's got a beat up
1: old Toyota. Okay. It's probably not even that old. It's probably like a twenty seventeen.
0: No, because that would be really old in twenty four twenty forty, which is where yeah, I'm so guessing. It's probably like a twenty thirty. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that's, that's my major gripe with this is like, if she talks about an iPhone, I swear to God, I'm going to throw something like, assume, I honestly, if I'm going to put something in the future, Apple's come up with something new or Apple's gone out of business because like, there's not a lot of differences between all the iPhones and everybody's like, Ooh, they do things like facial recognition. I had that like three phones ago on my HTC. So
1: yeah it's not really yeah i i mean they haven't mentioned anything i think he mentions having a flip phone which did he fair those will probably still exist
0: sure i think i feel like they are actually making a comeback maybe it'd be like a retro thing
1: so obviously we have some gripes at this book but we will be back next week with some more fun interesting sex scenes hopefully i really hope i mean you've read past this point is there sex coming up you know, I actually haven't read that far past it. I've only read the beginning of the first of the next chapter. Okay,
0: well then we are going in blind you know to what? the next three, and I'm really hoping there's something.
1: I hope we get more weird masturbation. I hope. All right, what would be your ideal sex scene to have in the next ch- in the next phase? I want.
0: I'm not ready for them to have sex. That's got to be a slow burn. But like, the hallucinations of being on the clock for 72 hours—you're starting to like stare at closets and think you're in the closet having sex or something
1: oh I was hoping we'd get an Elizabeth masturbation scene
0: I mean I really truly do hope at some point we have a female masturbation scene but I guess you and I are modern women that uh, would appreciate something like that as opposed to like I don't know if an older generation like if you put a female masturbation scene in would it uh cause problems.
1: Well, I guess we'll just have to see. Yeah. Alright, well thanks for talking cock with me, Meg.
0: As always, it's a pleasure to talk cock with you. And if you want to talk cock with us, we are on Facebook. Um we have a Facebook group Twitter. that is L um it's really late.
1: Handbook for judging fabulous retellings <laughs> covers. You can come find us on Thank there. Thank you. Um We're also on Twitter at at handbook
0: podcast but if you want to do the conversation like if you want to have a conversation with us both of us are really down and occasionally we do get tweets to us go ahead and just at both of our personal ones as well throw on all three of us um you can find it on our profile so we'll happily talk cock with anybody oh no dick pics so please thank you
1: and uh until next time
0: keep talking cock
1: keep cock and talk all right cock talk and drop it all right. <laughs> That was you'll come up with it that was close That's it. I got it. that's all I got. Right. <laughs>